is the Big Church Podcast. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, listen, you guys are the most saved people in Big Church. You're here at first service on daylight savings time. All the rest of, all the rest of those half-saved people are still in the bed and asleep right now. So, hey, give yourself a hand clap. Come on. Thank you, thank you. I know we're tired. We had a great weekend. Let's give it up for the she's in the room. Come on. What a great night we had last night, and uh, it's just been a really, really good weekend all over together. And I ain't going to lie, I'm a little tired, but I'm about to get wild in here. Come on, let's, I'm going to pump myself up. But I just want to take just a moment in this to really thank all of our staff and all of our volunteers. Listen, we put on a great event, and it's not just because we put on an event this weekend. It's what you all do every single week. I, th- I want to thank Clarissa and Miss Renita for just their hospitality. Come on. I want to thank each and every one of you all that showed up to help us uh, set up and to clean it, set up and tear down. So I just want to give you all uh, some, some applause from the stage right now because we cannot do this without you guys. So we're thankful we have the best church in the world. Less church in Louisville. Anyway, here we go. Last week we talked about the effects of living in a toxic world. We talked about, um, we live in a toxic world, we know that, and we've made a lot of toxic choices that have cost us sometimes our, our future because we still stay there. But because we live in a toxic world, our thoughts, our relationships, our past have really poisoned our system. Uh, we live in such a place right now that it's hard to get away from certain things that are around us because it just engulfs us every which way that we look. We think of to- detox as this. We think of when you get a detox, you've got to go to rehab, right? We think of detox as, as detoxing from alcohol or some kind of substance abuse. But really, we need a detox of our soul. We need a detox of our spirit. And we need a detox of our mind. And today, we're going to talk about detoxing our body. Praise the Lord. Come on. How many loves detoxing their body? Not really, but here we go. I want to thank you guys for fasting with me this week. You know, I had several people uh, actually text me, and I had some people, and I noticed some groups, uh, some of the small group crews had, had went along with the fast, and thank you for that, because I really think that was impactful. I had somebody say, is the fast like when you're talking about doing a, a day fast, does the day start like when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down? Or is that like a full 24 hours? I was like, listen, you, you just got to figure that one out yourself. But I had people that had not really fasted before that fasted with me last week. And so I'm just telling you, it really gets us to the place where God wants us to be when we fast. But it's been proven that a water fast or water cleanse for 24 and even up to 48 hours has great benefits to your body. And when you do fasting, what it does is it's hard because you have all these bad things that are inside of you. You've got all that sugar that you've been, all them monsters you've been drinking and all them donuts you've been eating and all of that stuff that's really not good for you. And you got, you know, I can remember when you're coming off the sugar, you know, what do you do? Justin texted me, he's like, man, I got a headache from hell going on. And it was about the same time I had that same one coming on. But when you do that, what, did you, what do you feel like those days when you're detoxing, you're taking all of that junk out of your body? It's like that anything that you do, anytime you have any harmful substances in your body and you're trying to get rid of them, your body is going, whoa, 
what in the world are you doing to me? You, all that sugar that I did have in me, I don't have that anymore. So that's what happens when we detox our mind, our spirit, our bodies, and everything. So I'm, I'm going to tell you what my Monday started out with. It started out on the rowing machine from hell about 7.30 that morning. I went to Chris Brown's, and he got me on the rowing machine on Monday morning. And that was the day that I started my fast, my full first full day of fasting. So I get there, and I was pretty good. I was doing good. And then once we got through that particular 28 minutes from hell, um, we went to the next one where he showed, a, he showed me how to do more stuff with the kettlebell. What I'm going with is this, is by the end of the day, by about 5 o'clock that day, Taylor came in, and she said, uh, she's like, Pastor Rich, you're not very jokey today. You're not very, uh, and I'm just like, yeah, I had my hoodie up, and I'm just walking around, and I was done. I'm telling you what, I was so, that night she had a meeting, she came home, I was asleep at 8.15. I don't go to sleep at, at all before that time. But I was just done because I had had that hard workout and I had done all of those things around me and I just, I just was done for the day. But discipline is this, is choosing what you want most over what you want now. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. I want to be physically fit. And I have found out that it's hard to do. It's much harder to do when you get older. Yeah. So I'm really looking for right now of changing my mind as for, I used to be, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. Yeah. Then I'd lose three and I'd be like, okay, pizza time. <laughs> Come on, y'all know what I mean. Okay, I'm going to eat some pizza now because I only lost three pounds. But now I'm trying to make it, what we need to try to do is we don't want to just lose a few pounds. We want to promote our healthy, spiritual, mind, soul, and body. So speaking of the body, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.19. My voice is already cracking. First service. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, I like how it starts out. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have had from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We worry about what we look like when we come to church. We worry about how we dress. We worry about what we talk like when we walk into things. But we have to understand something. We are the church. It's not the building. It's not what we walk into. It's not a denomination. It's not a way of thinking. We are the church. So why, how come a lot of times we treat our body like an unfinished basement? Come on. We've all treated our bodies so badly, and as you get older, you find out how bad you treated your body years ago. As Pastor Mindy said, I think last week, she said, I wish I'd have done this, Kagan, try to get me to do this five years ago. But we treat our bodies like an unfinished basement. We store a bunch of stuff in there, we hoard a bunch of stuff we should be getting rid of, and it's dark, and it's dirty, and it's damp, and it's cold, and there's spiders up in there, oh my. Y'all love spiders in here? My wife, she'll run from a spider like that big. But our body is a temple. And when your body is out of order, it can affect your mind. And when your mind is out of order, it can affect your body. They kind of go hand in hand. So let's talk about just for a moment about the battle of the mind. Listen to these statistics. Estimated 48 thoughts per minute. 48 thoughts per minute. About 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. So can you imagine your mind is always going, it's always going. But listen to this, 92% of those thoughts are the same thoughts. You're thinking the same thing over and over. Press 
forward, repeat, play, fast forward, repeat, play. You're listening to the same things. We are creatures of habit. 80% of those thoughts are negative thoughts because of the world that we live in. Listen to this. Negative thoughts are draining. Thoughts containing words like never, shouldn't, can't, whining. Anybody, any, is there got any whiners in the house out here? And don't be pointing at your neighbor, Doug. I've seen you. <laughs> or thoughts that diminish your own self-worth. They deplete your body by producing corresponding chemicals that weaken your body. So as a man thinketh, so is he. No wonder at the end of the day, we're exhausted. No wonder by 7 or 8 o'clock we're spent because all we have talked about, all we have thought about is all the negativity for the day and we just don't know what to do with our day at the end of it. But the title of my message is this. I'm starving. I've been around young people. Oh, Taylor left. She, oh, she, yeah, okay. I've been around young people a long time now. And literally they can eat an hour and a half later, they're starving. My, my own lovely wife, she'll be coming in the house, she's like, I'm starving. And I'll be like, you're not starving, you're hungry. So let me just tell you, Taylor decided to fast on Tuesday. So I went, my day, my Tuesday was not my fast day. About 9 o'clock, I roll up in here and Taylor looks at me and she says, I'm starving. I said, Taylor, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. What are you going to be like? And you wondered why I was in a bad mood at 5 or 6 o'clock that night? And you're already starving at 9? What are you going to be like at 5? So all day long I went by her and I, and I talked about Chick-fil-A. And I talked about... <laughs> that was my... It caused your brother to stumble. I heard that one. Well, she's my sister, so it's okay. Here we go. But Taylor was starving at 9. But here's the deal. What you feed grows and on the other hand she's coming in the back door now she just got talked about well on the other hand what you starve dies I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes about things that we need to starve very first one we need to starve is negativity our environment around us no matter where it's at is very toxic our environment at home can be toxic our environment at work can be toxic. Our environment in the relationships that we have around us can be toxic. Have you went into work and all of a sudden at the end of the day you're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to pull my hair out if I had any. Because you're around all these toxic people. Have you ever been around all these negative people? Have you ever been around Eeyore? You ever been around that guy? He's always walking around. He's always, oh, woe is me and... And, you know, nobody likes me, and I'm going to eat a worm, and I'm just. You ever seen the Flintstones? I'm old, y'all old folk. Y'all know what I'm talking about, Slep Rock, what? He walked around, and it was the cloud. And it was, oh, my gosh, everything bad is going to happen to me. Have you been around that kind of people? Isn't it exhausting and draining? It's okay to have a bad day every once in a while. Everybody does. But when you're around a person that always has a bad day before too long, you're, you're right there with them. It always happens to me and nobody likes me is the attitude they have. And we often let neg negativity control our feelings. Our feelings, listen to me, Lindas. 
Our feelings are toxic. Our feelings are toxic. You cannot live by your feelings. Because if you live by your feelings, you won't go to work. If you live by your feelings, you're not going to go work out. Listen, I did an exercise over there Friday, a different one like this. And I woke up that morning. I couldn't even lift my arms over my head. And I said, I'm not working. Well, I didn't work out Saturday, so I, I made up for it. But if you live by your feelings, you'll never do anything. What you have to do is you have to change what you're focused on. Let's look at Philippians 4.8. It says, now, dear brothers and sisters, when you're living in this toxic world, what you have to do is this. One final thing, fix your thoughts on what's true. She said last night, she said, I have to, every time I have to remind myself when I'm feeling fear, the three things, I can't remember them, but she said, there's three things that are true. You have to look at what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. That is not the world that we live in right now. All of those things are counterculture to what we normally hear right now. So when it says you have to fix your thoughts on those things, you have to look for those things. You have to look for the sunshine in the clouds. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You have to be able to separate the facts from the feelings. The fact is, it all ain't that bad. The fact is that the world is not as horrible around you as you really feel like it is, but the enemy comes in and he starts to make you see everything that you're not supposed to see, or he tries to, has he ever made it bigger than what it was? I mean, he's take this little thing, all of a sudden, man, it's all, it explodes into some big, and you're like, dang, where did that even come from? The next thing we need to starve is we need to starve doubt. It all started in the garden, as I said last week. The enemy came to Eve, and he said, did God really say that you couldn't eat this? Did he really say it? Did you hear him say it? He started twisting his words. And last week I told you, all of a sudden, not was he not only doubting God, she was doubting her husband because maybe God didn't really say that to Adam. And then he went to her and he said, you're not really going to die. Come on. God's trying to be so dramatic. You know, he's, he's, he's such a drama king, right? You're not really going to die. The enemy likes to twist the words and he likes to have you question authority. But here's what you got to do. You got to trust what God says. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You're tired of making bad choices in your life? Then you need, not, you need to quit leaning on your understanding. You need to quit leaning on what you know because what you know got you in trouble in the first place. You need to start leaning on what God says and start listening to what he's doing. You're unsure of where you're going? Well, here's what you need to do. You need to have God control your GPS. For too many, for too many times, we, allow, we put our own destination in there, and we want to go the way we want to go. We want to act the way that we want to act, and we expect, how do we end up in this the situation that we're in? you got to let God have control of your GPS. Quit putting in the destination for that relationship. Put putting in the destination for that place you know you shouldn't go. Quit putting the destination in for the, place, for the things around you because you're going to end up in that place and not know how you got there. Next thing we need to starve 
is we need to starve worry. Worry pulls tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. Come on, have you ever thought about something? You ever worried about something? And then when the next day comes around, it really wasn't as big as you thought it was going to be. But you've already pulled tomorrow's clouds over it. Over, you've already done it. The world says this. It's like running. Who likes to run on a treadmill? Three people like to run on a treadmill. I don't. Because I look and I'm in the same place. A lot of times worry is the same way. You're running on that treadmill of life and you're just going and going. Before you turn out, you're looking. You're still in the same position you were in before. Y'all like treadmills? I'm going to pray for you here in just a few minutes. But it wears you out and it takes you nowhere. The world tells you this. You can fix it. Well, if you could fix it, you probably would have already fixed it, right? The world tells you that there's a pill that will make you feel better about it. Listen, I'm not downing uh, medication at all. But that's the very first thing they want to try to make you feel right is they want to hand you something to take. It'll take away this from you. It'll take away that from you. But I'm going to tell you something. What we got to do is we got to look at Philippians. We got to look what the Word says. Philippians 4, 6 says this. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything he's saying. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, saying, thank you, God, for where I'm at. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, who needs some peace in this house this morning? Come on. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. You're trying to guard it with a pill, it's not going to work. You're trying to guard it with, with a self-help book, it may help for a little while, but until you lean not on your own understanding, you're not going to find the peace that you're looking for. The peace, peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You know what else we need to starve? This is the big one. We need to starve guilt and shame. Psalms 32.3 says this in the NLT. When I refused to confess my sins, my body wasted away and groaned all night. It says many times David cried on his pillow. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summertime. What do we usually do with pain, with uh, shame and guilt? The first thing we do in it is we wallow in it. We just get down and we roll around in it and woe is me and, and oh my gosh, I've done this and I've done that. And you beat yourself up all of the time. You're continuing in that cycle of always beating yourself up because you're always telling yourself you got to pay for what you did, right? You got to pay for what you did. Condemnation tells you this. You don't deserve forgiveness. That it's too bad. You're always going to be this way. And you're the only, here's the big one. You're the only one going through this. Nobody else knows this. That's why crews and small groups are so good. We got 25 guys sitting around on a Tuesday night. And they're looking at each other and going, I've been there, I've done that. Yeah, I've been through the same thing. And when you look around, when you got 25 and you got about 18 have been through the same process, it makes you feel better about yourself because you know, I'm not the only one that's going through this trial. Right. The next thing you try to do with guilt and shame is you try to bury it. The ways we try to bury the past is this. We try to minimize it and we try to say, ah, it's no big deal. It is a big deal because you're still dealing with it. 
So the problem that we have is we can't bury the things God is trying to bring to light. And then we try to rationalize it and we try to say, oh, we excuse it away or we explain it away. And we're really all good about that. Us guys, we're really, really good about explaining stuff away, right? Come on. And then we compromise. We lower our standards. We say everybody else is doing it. Proverbs 19.3 says this. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. This is the Bible this morning, ain't me. They ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And then they're angry at the Lord. People make, do dumb things and then they blame God for it. Can I just be honest with you? I probably, I don't know in my life if I've ever blamed God for anything. Because almost everything I've ever done in my life, I caused my own pain. I did things I shouldn't have done. I went places I shouldn't have gone. And why would I stand up and say, God, it's your fault? But it says people ruin their lives because they want to blame God. But it all started in the garden. Well, that snake made me do it. Come on. Well, that snake, that, that serpent that was in the garden, he, he told me this. And then turned around and then he, uh, he said, it's the woman's fault. Adam said, it's the woman's fault if she hadn't been here and given me the fruit. Can I tell you something I learned this week? Guys, it's our fault. It's our fault. Because the Bible says this. By one man's sin, sin entered the world. Didn't say the woman. Oh, that's a, long, that's a long sermon series right there. But we have to take ownership of what we did, and we can't look at it. And he says, it's God's fault because, no, he, Adam starts saying, well, it's your fault, God, because you made this woman. Don't be looking at your wife and saying that or anything like this. We don't have any counseling plans for afternoon here. You just have to take ownership. Listen, you're only as sick as your secrets. Have you ever kept something all bottled up inside of you and you, you hit it and you hit it and you hit it and when it came to light, when it got exposed, it was bad, it was horrible and you had to fix the problem but you felt so much better about it because it was out in the open. That is what God can do with our lives if we allow him to do. We have to detox from our guilt and we have to detox from our shame, detox from our old way of thinking. We have to detox from the same old things that we've been doing because the same old things are getting us to the same destination where we were at. You know why you got to do this? Because you can't live in two seasons. You can't live in two seasons. Guilt and shame, they will sabotage your success. God has a good plan for you and he has... Felt Joel Osteenish right there. God has a good plan for you. I said, throw that one in. He has a good plan for you, which is the truth. And there's a new season for you, but you're determining and you're determined to harm or hinder that season by staying in the old season. He's trying to pull you out of that season with, of pain and depression. And he's trying to get you to a brand new place with him. But yet you're so comfortable in your captivity that you stay right where you're at. And God says, no, that past right there, I'm trying to pull you into the future because I got a new season for you. Amen. I still got a minute left. Here we go. You got to starve sin. Here it is again. That's a word you've heard two weeks in a row. Get used to it. 
When you hear that word, though, what do you start thinking? You start thinking of guilt and shame. One definition of sin, and I got this from uh, Church of the Highlands guy. This is really good. I forgot it. Chris Hodges. Chris Hodges. He says, one of the definitions for sin is missing the mark. A lot of times when we sin, we're obviously just doing this. We're not aiming at the right thing. And when we do aim, our aim is off just a little bit. As she said last night, you don't have to be too far off to end up this way. One degree, and you go around the world, you're going to end up in a totally different destination. So a lot of times when we sin, we just miss the mark. What, one thing we have to do is we have to turn back to what God wants. We need to aim and keep aiming. Keep in the process. Keep doing what God has told you to do. Even though you might fall, you might miss the mark a few times. Listen, he knew you're not going to be perfect. He already knows. I love what she said last night. She, if you're, you've, already, you've already messed it up. You've already failed because you're not perfect. God knew you're not going to be perfect, but that is not an excuse for you not to keep shooting and keep aiming at what he wants you to do. Quit aiming at what you want, because when you start aiming at what God wants, you're going to hit the mark. Verse 5, he says this, finally, whoo, finally, I confessed all my sins, and, you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt, and I said to myself, you ever have to have that conversation with yourself? Pull your own self up and go, listen to me. I'm talking to you. You're not listening to me. You ever do that? I I do it. I'm crazy like that. Here we go. I confessed my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. If you don't cover it up, you find accountability for someone to help you go through what you're going through. Confession is the ultimate detox. The weight of the world comes off your shoulders. You still have to deal with the pain. You still have to deal with the consequences of your choices. But boy, it sure does make you feel a lot better when you go, oh man, I can actually twist my neck a little bit. I don't have all that stress and pain on me. But what it is, confession is the ultimate detox and he is faithful. Here's the good thing about God. He's faithful and just to forgive. He's faithful and just to give you a do-over. Don't you, aren't you glad for the do-overs God has given you in your life? I can't, I'd have to take my, well, I still wouldn't be enough fingers and toes for the do-overs that God's given me in my life. Like fasting this week, our bodies, let's detox our minds this week. I'm challenging you this week. Let's turn off the news for a week. The coronavirus can wait a week. Come on. I'm not, I'm not diminishing. It can wait a week. Turn off the news. And how about chilling from Netflix instead of Netflix and chill for a week? Kind of a challenge here. Detox yourself from social media for a week. There is so much negativity out there. It's no wonder we think the way that we think way that we act the way that we think. We scroll and, and I get, oh my gosh, I see some of these people that are Christians on Facebook and, and I'm thinking, my God, why, why would anybody want what you have? Because you're depressing me. Come on, y'all, y'all know those people. You're like, man, you, I know that Jesus is Lord in your life. I, I, at least I hope he is. 
But why do you want to spew all of that stuff out and have me? I, I don't understand it. Anyway, I'm going on. That'll get me in trouble. We got to detox from our past and our old way of thinking and doing things. Why? Because again, we can't live in two seasons. I'm going to ask you for this week to starve your doubt, starve your worry, starve your negativity. If you've got to get outside of your workspace a little bit, walk out in the car, get out in the car if you can. Put some earbuds in if you can. Don't be listening to Sally and Annie going crazy over here over your eye. You know what I'm talking about. You got those people. You want to go, I'm about to choke you. Starve that this week. You got to starve that guilt and shame. Listen, he paid the ultimate price for you. You don't got to keep paying the price for something that he took care of. You don't got to keep doing the things that you've been doing and feeling like you're, you, that you have all the guilt and shame because when he said it is finished, if he said you're forgiven, you're forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, starve it. And you got to starve sin. But listen, detox is not just about taking things out. It's about putting things in. You can get all that negative stuff out. What does the Bible say? If you... If you Sweep your heart and you can make it clean. And if you don't put something good inside of it, something bad is going to come right back in and fill it up. So how about we meditate and we pray? How about we just meditate for, it's a weird thing. I read, I read a book about the secret of the secret place. And he said, go into your closet or your quiet place. Spend five minutes with no, with no sound. I did it. Weirdest thing in the world. Like, oh my gosh, you know. But what happens is your mind starts to go 100 miles an hour. You start thinking, what can I do? How can I do this? But as you get to doing this a little bit more, your mind starts to start focus on the things God wants you to focus on. So let's put some meditation and prayer. And let's put some good music on our radio this week. We listen to a lot of stuff out there that puts a lot of negative thoughts in our minds and and a lot of bad thoughts in our minds. Let's start listening to some worship music this week. This week I've been listening. I've been sending Gabrielle and all of them. Like probably tired of tired of me. I mean, like, hey, I, you, have you heard this song? And this song is awesome. This is great. But this week, let's let's take the secular out for a week and let's put some worship music on, and let's get in our Word. You know, even if it's a little bit, even if it's a few minutes a day, a couple verses a day. Let's meditate on what God says. Let's all stand if we would, please. I'm just going to let you know this. Detoxing hurts because there's actual poison in you. It hurts because there's things inside of you that's in you that have been in there maybe since birth. Maybe it happened to you. Or maybe it was all your fault. Sin was toxic and we were infected. And we really didn't have any hope. Have you ever tried to just detox yourself? Maybe you went through a program, nothing wrong with programs. Maybe you went through a process. Maybe you went through some kind of procedure. But can I tell you this? The cross, the blood, the sacrifice was the ultimate detox. What he did on the cross, the blood that he shed for you, was the ultimate way that you could detox your mind, your soul, and your body. Here's what you have to do. You just have to accept what he did. 
Sounds simple, doesn't it? Accepting what he did is mean rejecting what happened in your past. Rejecting what, it could be legitimate too, guys. I'm not trying to diminish anything. But there's a place when you have to accept what God did and reject what happened to you back then. One part of that song was said, leave behind your regrets and your mistakes. He's the only God I know that can take you from scarlet, which is as red as red, and he can make you as white as snow. That's what God does. That's what he does. He gives you the ultimate do-over. You were black and you were scarlet and you were just yucky all inside. But when you accept Jesus Christ, he comes in and makes you a new creature. The Bible says, behold, all things are made new. So today, there is freedom in Jesus. I'm going to ask you all if you would bow your heads with me. If you've never made this choice to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, maybe you've heard about Jesus. Everybody's heard about Jesus. But I'm talking about that decision to say, I'm a sinner and I need you. If you would, just lift up, lift up your hands. I see those hands. I see a couple hands. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you if you lifted your hands. They're out of the Connect Center. They have a bag for you. It's a salvation bag. And we're about to spring a prayer. And I'm just telling you. What it does, it gives you the steps to go forward from here. So many, so many times we hear what God wants us to do, and we, and, and we raise our hand and we say a prayer, but we really don't know what to do with it after that. We've created something out there to give you the steps to go forward in God because you're going to need it. Because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, those steps are going to raise up a standard against him. So if you would, let's all say this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Make me new. I give you control of my life. When I mess up, help me to run to you instead of away from you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church Podcast.